You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode eight of the Toolstation Western League podcast. My name is Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? Not bad. Not bad. I uh, enjoyed a... um, a very pleasant weekend in the waterfront city of Portsmouth at the Ooh. weekend, which, of course, kept me away from worrying Western League sides by my presence <laughs> and, more importantly, the presence of my children at the side of the pitch. But, um, well, a fascinating uh, weekend of games we had. Mm. It was always... Uh, I was glued to the phone, as you can imagine, on Saturday afternoon. And, um, I mean, one of the most pleasing things to see about this weekend's football that's gone in the Western League is the size of the gates in the Premier Division. It's been a real bumper weekend, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Three figures pretty much wherever you looked. Um, pretty amazed at the, the numbers and, yeah, hopefully that continues. And it's also good to see that sides that are doing well in the league, and this, mm. of course, always isn't... It's not always the case, that sides that are doing well in the, le- the league are rewarded with big gates. We've seen big gates at um, Bridgewater and we've seen big gates at Shepton Mallet. Shepton, of course, is one of our feature games um, on the podcast this week. I'm talking to Craig Loxton, uh, the manager of Shepton Mallet. Of course, we've had Craig on a lot over the years and he's um, always fantastic value on the the podcast. Definitely a flavour of Somerset. Probably not too much cider to be had, (laughs) but um, we've definitely uh, got a flavour of Somerset. In fact, if we got a flavour of anything, it would be more cheese, because along with Mm -hmm. Craig Loxton from Shepton Mallet, just down the road, we've got on the manager of Cheddar, um, Sean Potter. So it'd be great to hear from from Sean as well. Anyway, we kick off this week's edition of the podcast. Our first feature game from Saturday the 28th of September is the top of the table clash, the clash of the titans, the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Well, I'll let you decide which was the irresistible force and the not so immovable object, but it was bitten against Plymouth Parkway. Six goals, plenty of action to talk about, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty going on there and one of the one of the bigger crowds as you mentioned down there down there at Bitten. But it was uh, yeah, Parkway very much uh, laid down a bit of a marker really. Uh, a five one win away at Bitten. Obviously relinquished a free goal advantage last week, and uh, made sure they didn't do the same this time around. Billy Palfrey putting them ahead after after just six minutes, uh, but that was how it stayed until the break. Uh, but then had goals early in the second half from Aaron Bentley and Adam Carter uh, uh, took them three goals clear. And obviously Kenjim had fought back from a, a similar situation against Parkway last year last week, sorry, uh, but it wasn't to be uh, forbidden. And uh, yeah, Parkway uh, powered home. Palfrey scoring again. And there was also a goal from Jordan Kopp in the final 20-odd minutes. And, uh, yeah, they ran out 5-1 victors away at Bitten. Of course, still early days in the Premier Division, and I'm sure Bitten will remain there or thereabouts. But very, you know, that's a big statement of intent from Parkway there. Um, we've had a, you know, they had a little blip earlier uh, this season, but um, clearly um, they're going to be, as we all know, ones to watch this season. Our next feature game is another Devon side. This time it's Buckland Athletic. And the visitors were Clevedon Town. Yeah, and, uh, well, very much informed visitors. Well, five league wins on the spin now following this uh, 3-2 victory away at Buckland. Uh, but it wasn't wasn't easy for them. Uh, they did they did push into a two-goal lead pretty early on. George King uh, scoring twice inside the opening quarter hour uh, to put them in control. Uh, but then Buckland managed to, to get back uh, to get back level. Tom Dunlop uh, heading them uh, half in the deficit with a header. 
than Darren Weston, uh, firing home a penalty. Uh, as I say, drawing the sides level just after half time, I think that one came. Uh, but it was Clevedon who managed to, to push on and, uh, yeah, uh, score the, the the vital fifth goal. And it was uh, Jay Murray who managed to, to bag that one. And uh, as I say, yeah, five league wins on the spin, uh, Clevedon having a, a really promising start to the season. Of course, Buckland haven't enjoyed the best of starts this season and um, a managerial casualty um, has already occurred there. And of course, as we know, when Buckland have a managerial problem, there's only there's only one knight on his charger that comes riding over the horizon. And we shouldn't even say it's a knight on a charger because they don't get they don't get the cavalry. They get the entire castle, Adam Castle, to be precise. He's back there, and we may well be hearing from uh, from him on the podcast on the podcast soon. Of course, he's always he's always great value. Now, our next game, four goals at Chipping Sodbury, um, but all of them for a rejuvenated Bridport. Absolutely, you talk about uh, management uh, change, and uh, yeah, that's uh, very much the case at Bridport. Um, I think they got rid of or had a had a parting uh, last Friday, and uh, yeah, well, it seems to seems to have paid off in the in the uh, in the Short term, a 4-0 win uh, away at Chipping Sodbury. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah very much um, what they needed. And another really good gate there at Chipping Sodbury, which is good to see, but it was the away side uh, who ran out pretty pretty convincing victors. Uh, Lewis Clark, Tom Richardson, Callum Thompson and Max Westlake on the on the score sheet for Bridport. And, uh, yeah, their first clean sheet of the season as well. So uh, pretty, pretty promising signs at both ends of the table. And, uh, yeah, maybe the uh, new management team have got something, something to work with there for Bridport. Certainly was a big gate there, three-figure gate, but the biggest gate of the weekend came at Shepton Mallet. Um, Shepton, of course, who've had a very good start to this season. The visitors were Brislington, sometimes for the sides that are doing really well. It's not just about the teams above them or traditionally the bigger sides that they're able to beat. It's always about those sides that um, they they are favourites to pick up points from. And Brislington certainly fall into that category, but of course Brislington are no mugs. And well, Shepton's good form continued, and um, the home fans who came out in numbers were, would have gone home happy, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 228 there. I think it's a, a community day, so fantastic to see. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully many of those that were maybe there for the first time or haven't been in a while will be uh, yeah will be back back soon because this is a real well it's looking like a really good Shepton team that they can uh, cheer on on Saturday afternoons still unbeaten in the league this season and a 4-1 win uh, over Brislington on Saturday uh, Finn Haynes uh, getting a goal uh, also a goal from uh, uh, Joe Morgan who's had a good start to the season but even better has been Jack Fillingham uh, brilliant signing uh, he scored twice more and uh, yeah helping them to a, a 4-1 win at home to Brislington well, I could have had Craig Loxton on probably every week so far from the podcast. Such have been the results that Shepton have had, particularly in the cup competitions where they've done phenomenally well. But um, I thought it was about time we did get uh, Craig on. And I started off by congratulating him on what's been a fantastic start to their Premier Division campaign. It was hard to predict how we would, how we would go, considering we sort of had a, a reshuffle of players and added to the management. But like you said, we, we've had a great start and... Um, we're just sort of carrying on the momentum at the moment. Hopefully it can carry on throughout through the rest of October. I mean, the Premier Division is looking incredibly strong this year. Um, are you surprised that you're still the only unbeaten side in the Premier Division? Yeah, obviously we had a good cup run as well, which is why we've probably played a few less league games than everyone else. Um, but like you said, there is there are some tough teams that have come into the league, so it is going to be... Um, it is going to be hard, I think, to stay to stay unbeaten and 
you know, we have got a lot of um, tough games coming up, especially in October towards the end of it. So we'll probably have a sort of better view on, on things as those games come. I mean, do you think perhaps part of part of how well you've done this season has been because some of the Premier sides you've come up against have underestimated Shepton Mallet? It's, it's one of those it's funny leads. I think anyone can beat anyone on their day. You just need to have that consistency, and that's what we try to draw into the boys. We know that every game we're, we're coming up against, it, it's going to be tough, and it's just drilling our lads into you know, repeat performance, you know, carry out what we've, what we've been working on in training, etc., and given everything we've got, and so far it's working for us. But like you said, we have got a, a ridiculous schedule coming up this month, and I think by the end of that, we'll... Well, well, obviously, getting positive results is one thing, but you, you've got to back it up with um, with the games that you're expected to win. And I think, arguably, you were expected to get something out of Saturday's game against Brislington. Um, you enjoyed a comfortable four-one win. Were you happy with the performance your side gave? Not particularly, uh, especially first half. We weren't we weren't very we weren't very good. It wasn't the greatest game to watch. I've got to be honest. Um, second half. We did step it up. We told them at halftime, obviously, it wasn't good enough. And we started a lot uh, a lot brighter, a bit more urgency. And, and we probably scored, scored scored early in the half, which sort of made it comfortable for us. And we ran out comfortable winners, really. But I think we've, we've, had, we've been on sort of a tough run of games. And I think it was just taking our soul time, took time for us to get going. But, um, you know, just glad to get the, get the win, really. You sound like a manager with with um, pretty high expectations for his side. What what expectations have you set for the team this season in terms of where you're hoping to finish? Well, we spoke because we are a, we are a really new group. Um, you know, we've got 13 new signings, eight of which have come from the league below, and we've only got three players which have uh, been left from last season. So we are literally a new group that's been put together this summer. So we were a bit unsure of, of how we would start, but. Obviously, we, we draw into the lads that we don't want to just be the sort of mid-table team that, that coast along, really, and you know, season season in, season out, sort of sitting there. We want to break into that top ten, top eight, and we want to be there every every season. But obviously, with the start we've had and, and how we are up there and the teams we've come up against, and you know, we're competing every week. We want to stay there. We want to stay there for the rest of the season. We know it'd be a tough ask, but you know, the run we're on at the moment, we know we're confident and. Just hopefully we can um, continue that throughout the season. Well, you've mentioned a couple of times now that uh, there's been quite so there's been some major sort of changes in personnel in the pre uh, in the closed season. Um, for the benefit of the fans, perhaps I know we're we're we're, we're, we're sort of well into the season already. But for the for the sort of the seasoned um, Shepton Mallet watchers, which of the players that um, um, that you've brought in that uh, what are the names we should be looking out for? Well, before. We speak about the players. That the first signing we made was another addition to our management, and that was uh, John Durbin. It was previously at Hengrove. Um, me and John Burr currently do the team. We thought that we needed that addition to strengthen us even further. So we spoke to John throughout the summer, and we knew because he's from Bristol, and we wanted to add some players from from that region. And I know he's he's a very good young manager. He's enthusiastic. He's hungry, and he's been brilliant for us. And he's brought a few players with him. Such as Asa White, Jack Fillingham, and and then they've been very good for us so far. Both scored a lot of goals for us, and we've got a few from um, the league below. It's probably loads. I've got thirteen to mention now because they were all left out. We've got obviously Ben Hendricks coming at right back, uh, Kieran Bailey as centre half, Andy Martin who was Bridport's captain last year. Um, 
Liam Watson, who's returned to the club, he, he played for us a couple of seasons ago, and he's with us week in, week out now. Um, we've got Jordan Lovey Bomb, we just signed uh, Cameron Allen um, from Meltram. Um, who am I missing out? You're missing out Aaron Sevier. Aaron Sevier, yeah, don't forget the well boys. Aaron Sevier and Aaron Cockrell, those two, they, again, they've been brilliant for us. All of the lads, they, the ones that have come in, they've all stepped up. You know, they were probably unsure about whether they could play at the level because they haven't before, but we told them, you know, we had confidence in them, we had them watched and we wanted them to buy into what we want to do. And every single one of them, we, we couldn't have asked for more. They've, they've performed really well. They've, they've been committed to everything. So we've had some, we've had some tough, the long journeys away that everyone's been there. And, you know, it's, it's been great, to be honest with you. Well, you've got Bradford Town up next. That game won't be easy for you, will it? No, it's not. It's going to be, it's going to be a really tough game. We know that they've they strengthened well in the summer and you know I think they've only lost one so far this season so it's going to be a tough game. We expect that. They've got a really good front line and I know Wayne's teams are normally well drilled. We went to watch them last uh, last week at Odd Down and it was a you know a solid sort of away performance so we know it's going to be a tough ask but obviously um, we're running well in the league at the moment so we, you know, we're going to give it a good go tomorrow. I mean Bradford Town of course um, um, will the, the expectation is that they'll do well this season, the Devon clubs as well. But from your perspective, which of the sides do you think will do well in the Premier Division this season? Well, we've played, we've played Tavistock twice already this season in the, um, in the FA Cup, and I was really impressed with them. I think they, they will do well. Plymouth Parkway, we know from obviously last season, and they're very strong. I think Exmouth as well will be strong from down that area. Bradford, Bridgewater, Stenton really well. Um, again in the, in the summer so I think it, you know I think from one of them will be up there really Now you've mentioned Tavistock there um, and the two games of course you played them in the FA Cup you've got them coming up again in the FA Vars on October the 12th now by my calculations by the time you've played them in the Vars you'll have played 13 games this season three of them will have been against Tavistock that's 23% of your fixtures what, what do you think and um, what have you made of Tavistock in, in those games you've played? I think so far that they've been the best team that we've played. We did a bit of research on them because we didn't know a lot about them before we played them in the FA Cup and and, and we were really impressed with them. We were 3-1 up at half-time and to be honest with you, I think we were lucky to come back with, with the draw after the um, the second half. We obviously got them back to our place and they it was a, it was more of a physical game, the second, the second game, and, and they even showed up to that, to be honest with you. I think they've got, I mean, they've got a lot of good players. Obviously, we've got to go all the way back down there um, on the 12th. So I think we're a little bit fed up with each other at the moment. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's got to be done. So, um, you know, we're going to go there and give it another go. And two more games against them in the league, of course, to come. Yeah, that's right. So we got we got a bit of travelling to do. I think we've got Plymouth Parkway the week after. We're away at Tavistock, so we're, so we're on our travels again. But like I said, we want to we want to test ourselves against the better teams, you know, and, and, and push push ourselves all the way. Now, one final question for you, Craig. I noticed on social media that Saturday was a community day for the club. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we've got a fairly recently sort of formed new section. John Bird, the, the other manager with us, he's, he's going that with uh, Paul Napper, and they've got a load of um, sort of local co- coaches that got back involved. And it's probably about the last sort of five years now, I think it's been running. Um, they've literally started from sort of under sixes, goes right the way up to sort of under-16s, then obviously you've got your, your under-18s, then because of our reserves, then into our first teams. Just, and it's just a, 
sort of getting it back in the community really because it, it did stop for a few years but there's a you know there's a feel good factor in the town at the moment and we host I think it's the second year we've hosted it and there was I think 230 I think watching us and it's just a creating a pathway you know for the youth to, to come to Shepton and, and hopefully they can all build themselves up and break through into the first team if you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Moving into the first division, and we kick things off with a seven-goal thriller. It's at Bishop Sutton. The visitors were Almondsbury, and it was the visitors that went home happier, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're doing pretty well at the moment, scoring a fair few goals, Almondsbury. Uh, back-to-back wins this made it in the league. Uh, a 5-2 victory uh, at Bishop Sutton for them. And, uh, yeah, Greg Pass setting them on their way in the 37th minute. Um, soon after, it was Geraint Williams who... Uh, lob the keeper uh, to double their advantage and uh, then Ashley Knight getting in on the, uh, the all-scoring act as well uh, just before the hour mark to make it 3-0. Alex Bisp scoring twice uh, in the final half hour uh, to wrap things up for, for Almondsbury. A couple of assists there for, for Knight who obviously played a starring role and uh, yeah, running out as I say 5-2 victories away at Bishop Sutton. Well, from the Bishops of Sutton we go on to the Bishops of Lydiard. Um, who were themselves um, suffering their own penance, um, but calm to the victors, the spoils, who were enjoying the view from the top of the league. I was going to say, this was, yeah, uh, the opportunity to, to go top, and it looked like it might bypass them. Uh, goalless, uh, goalless going into the final 10 minutes, uh, but calm managed to find a way, could be vital. Uh, come the end of the season, you never know these are these points that you pick up in the, in the final few minutes of matches. And, uh, yeah, Stuart Windsor obviously had a, a brilliant start to the season in front of goal. Um, and he was back amongst it on, on Saturday, scoring uh, scoring the vital goal at Cone, claiming a 1-0 win uh, away at Bishop Lydiard. Now, of course, one of the reasons why Khan were able to go top of the first division is because the previous league leaders, Oldland Evertonians, slipped up. The visitors were Cheddar. We all know about how competitive um, Cheddar can be this season, but this time, on this occasion, this top-of-the-table uh, clash resulted in three points for the Cheesemen. Yeah, brilliant, well, brilliant uh, result for Cheddar, because obviously Oldland have proved that they're uh, an incredibly tough nut to crack. Not many goals in their clashes so far this year. Um, but they're obviously, yeah, as, as we keep discussing, they're doing something right. They're, they're towards the top of the table. Uh, but they did just just uh, come on stuff on, on Saturday. They had gone ahead um, uh, 10 minutes before half-time, it was. Uh, and it was John Dempsey who put them uh, put them one goal clear. Uh, but Cheddar managed to, to come back into it. And with one minute uh, left in the first half, Dean Griffiths managed to, to poke home an equaliser from close range uh, to set the sides uh, level uh, going into half-time. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, Cheddar who managed to, to score a late winner in this one. It was George Booth popping up at the right right time uh, to, to get the third and, and final goal of this one and uh, give the Cheesemen all three points. 2-1 win away at Oldland. Well, Cheddar are one of those sides that we've talked about pretty much every single week on the podcast so far. And normally reflecting on the disappointment of last season. A disappointment, it would be fair to say, that they appear from the start to this season to have overcome. So I took this opportunity to have a chat to Sean Potter, the Cheddar manager, not just about 
what happened last season, but also the great form that the club have enjoyed since the start of this. And we started off by reflecting on that table-topping win against Oldland Abertonians. Uh, yeah, it was, it, it was massive, really, for us. I think it, was, it felt like one of those days where pre-game, everything sort of went against us. We were, uh, we were losing players and someone come down with an illness the morning of the game and it was too late to replace them. Um, we had our, our long-term keepers injured, um, so we've had our reserve keeper in uh, and he wasn't available for two games. Um, so we decided to play Adam Jones in goal, uh, a lad who's obviously, most people will know, he scored sort of 30-plus goals most seasons. Um, he has done a job for us before in the sticks and he, he is sort of, he, he is good. I think people are surprised, teams are surprised uh, when we play against him and we've got him in goal, they try and sort of work on him as, he, as a weakness, but he's, he's always stood up and uh, done a good job for us. So, yeah, so to, to go there, it's always a difficult place to go as well. It's quite an intimidating little atmosphere at Oldland and um, they're in sort of physical side and we had, so to go there, go there with sort of a scratch side and Jonah in goal um, to get that sort of 2-1 win, especially from being a goal behind, it's, it was massive, massive for us. Well, Oldland have been something of a surprise package um, this season, and in previous seasons, of course, they, they, they've um, been towards the bottom of the table, but they've started very well this season. In, I, I think, in fairness, there were quite a few question marks um, from Western League watchers about how well you do this season, given the disappointment of last season. Are you surprised by how well you've started? Not really. Um, I, I can see how it had looked from the outside, uh, but I think people with sort of any inside knowledge know sort of that know any of the lads um, would have expected us to go quite well again. Um, that's obviously the same from me, sort of knowing we've kept the same sort of side together. Um, maybe added one or two. Um, I knew that our lads were sort of feeling the same as me. I think. I, I sort of thought we take that disappointment and we, we use it to sort of kick on this season. I don't think anything other than promotion uh, will be good enough this season. Um, so we've sort of, we, we know last season wasn't really our fault. We probably could have finished top and, and not put it to chance. But but really, um, we've done what we wanted to do. We set out to finish in the top two and get promoted. And that's what we did. So because I think because it was out of our hands, um, the mindset going into this season uh, wasn't that we'd failed, it was more of a chance that we'd, it was more of a, a feeling that we'd sort of not been done over, but it was something that wasn't in our hands and uh, it was sort of a bit of a challenge for us to go this season and think, right, we're going to we're gonna have a good go now and, and take it out of anyone else's hands and, and uh, do, do the job ourselves. Now, you mentioned you've added a few, so for the Cheddar fans listening to this, which are the new names to look out for in addition to the players that you've kept from last season? Um, so we're in a little bit of a transition period. We've we've, we've signed a lad called James Difford. Um, he's a winger who's previously been with Bristol City. He had a long-term injury. He had got a professional contract and then got a long-term injury. Um, he's quite an exciting young winger. Um, we did sign a centre half a lad called Tom Baker. From he was at Cleveland Town previously, but he's, he's gone off to uni. Um, he was going to Bristol Uni, so he was going to still be able to play, but he ended up going to Loughborough, so we sort of lost him for, for a big period. Same as Steve Pennington, another lad who's quite a key player. We've lost him to Uni. Um, so we're in a, we've signed another lad called Aaron Hooper, um, a local lad, 
Um, he's sort of Glastonbury based. He's been working in London. He's come back. So um, yeah, we've added we've added some depth to go with sort of what we've had last season. Um, and we're sort of because we've lost the lads to uni. We're sort of trying to sort of bring in the right players to replace them. We're not in any sort of rush. We're not going to rush and sign players out of desperation and sign the wrong players because. Um, we need to sign the right players, the players that can fit into the way we play, the players that will fit into to the dressing room, which is a key aspect of, of why we do well. And um, it's, it's that team spirit in the dressing room. So we've got to try and find players that not only fit on the pitch, but fit off the pitch as well. So it's something we're not really rushing into. Um, we know we're going to need it. We're going to need a little bit more depth. But again, the lads that have come in, the sort of squad players and fringe players that were, were fringe first four, sort of four or five games of come in the last few and done really well so yeah it's positive um we probably need to like i say add a bit more depth but 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 at the moment yeah it's positive now you've already mentioned your ambitions for the season um obviously you're 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 looking for promotion um but which teams do you think you'll be fighting it out with this season it was an epic challenge um for you against canesham and it actually i mean it took you well away from the rest of the chasing pack do you think you'll be um do you think you'll be in for the same thing this this campaign to be honest, it's been a little bit all over the place. We, I sort of look at the results and there's so many surprises every week. Um, you don't really, still at this stage, you still don't really know sort of how teams have done, how they've started. You don't know how what they've signed. Um, obviously, we can only judge the teams we've played against, but looking at other results, you see sort of Radstock, they're building something there and, and they look good. They pick up some good results. Um, obviously, Wells, the neighbours, they're, they're sort of, started really well and they've got some good players signed some decent players in the summer um, so they're going to be there or thereabouts um, obviously Wing Canton again another side that are always good but they seem to have kicked on to that next level again um, and then you've got the likes of Ashton and Backwell that always do well and Longwell Green the sides that are always going to be difficult to play against difficult to beat so at this stage of the season you really really never know I think Cainsham even had a slow start last yeah, season absolutely so you just you just don't know what's going to happen, to be honest. I think what we've got to do, I think we've learned from last season that what we've got to do is just concentrate on ourselves. That's old cliche that you've got to just focus on the next game. Um, it's so, so important, especially for us. Um, I think last season we got a little bit too involved in the points per game and what Keynesham were doing and sort of looking at other teams' results rather than sort of solely focusing on this is our 90 minutes and, and this is what we need to do, this is our job. So I think that's something that we've learned from last season um, to take into this one. Um, you never know what any side is going to be like when you play against them. So we've got to focus on what we do, uh, focus on our job and get our job done. So that's the way we're looking at it. Well, um, the next game is against Hengrove. Now, they made a bad start to this season's campaign, but Jamie Hillman does look like he's steadied the ship there now, so that won't be easy for you. No, it's, 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 every game's tough in this league. Yeah, there'll never be a game, whether we're playing the team that's top or bottom, I'll never sort of look past the team and think that that's a comfortable game because I think I've learned since I've been with Cheddar that there's no comfortable games in this league. Um, and looking at their results over the last sort of, like you say, few games, they've really picked up and they've got some great results. They got, I think it was a nil-nil draw away at Oldland a couple of weeks ago. So look, we know we know Oldland's a tough place to go. So it's not a poor team that go there and get a nil-nil draw. So yeah, we're treating that like we say, like we do every single game, and we're treating them like we could be playing the team at the top. 
and my thanks to Sean for his time. Now, finally, the last feature game we have features everybody's favourite Jacqueline Hyde side in the first division. It is, of course, Radstock Town. In the last game that they played, which I believe was away at Bishop Sutton, it was certainly Dr Jackal that turned up. But um, I'm afraid for Longwell Green on Saturday, Tom, um, they came up against Edward Hyde. <laughs> they did, and they came up against James Rustle uh, in particular. Uh, starred for uh, for Radstock in this one, uh, managed to, to get a hat-trick. He's amongst the, uh, the leading scorers this season, and uh, yeah, he was very much uh, in form on Saturday afternoon, uh, which is usually uh, yeah helpful for, for Radstock's, uh, <clears throat> Radstock's fortunes. Uh, and he set them on their way. After just eight minutes, he uh, put them ahead, uh, and then it was 2-0. Not long before half-time, Morgan Skip uh, applying the finishing touch following a good bit of work from Jack Bidiscombe. Uh, Longwell did pull a goal back uh, two minutes into the second half, uh, but they were then reduced to 10 men, uh, with Rustall converting the, the resulting spot kick, uh, which really obviously put the re- result beyond doubt almost. Uh, and then obviously uh, yeah, Rustall completing his hat-trick uh, in, in the closing stages after being teed up by Josh Howe. So, uh, yeah, a good 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 result for, for Radstock and, uh, yeah, move back into a, a promising position in the top half of the table. Excellent stuff. Thanks very much for that, Tom. Now, we take a look ahead, of course, as we always do, to the fixtures um, coming up in the week ahead. And uh, at this stage of the podcast, normally Tom and I pick out the fixtures that we think will be the ones to watch over the weekend. There are a series of very special fixtures coming up this weekend. It is, of course, the Western League ground hop. Now, Tom, Rather than asking you to pick out your game of the weekend, do you want to take us through um, what we've got lined up? Because um, it's a well, it's a, it's an absolute feast of football that the fans can enjoy, starting on f- Friday, the fourth of October. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, plenty going on, and uh, yeah, hopefully we see a, a, a repeat of the the weekend's uh, three-figure crowds. I'm sure we will, because there'll be plenty of people uh, following all of these games, or, or the vast majority, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, Friday evening we start with uh, Lebec United against Radstock in the in the first division. Uh, Saturday afternoon, oh, well Saturday morning, so we get a Saturday morning treat. Uh, it's Porter's Head versus Longwell Green. Uh, that's a 10:45 kickoff uh, on Saturday Saturday morning uh, from the first division. Uh, we then move over to the the Premier Division, which would have been my uh, pick for for game of the day anyway. So we've got Bradford versus Clevedon. Uh, fascinating tie there. That's a two o'clock kickoff. Uh, in the Premier Division on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we're then 4.45, uh, we're down to Devizes. Uh, they host Ashton and Backwell United in the First Division, uh, where we end up as well uh, in the in the evening. Uh, Warminster versus Bristol Telephones, that's 7.45 kickoff. Uh, so that's four games on Saturday. And then obviously on Sunday as well, we've got a, a pair of fixtures from the Premier Division. So that's Sunday the 6th of October. Uh, another another morning game, 10:45 kickoff uh, for Bridport versus Bridgewater. See how uh, Bridport follow up their uh, impressive win last weekend. And uh, yeah, then we finish with uh, Wellington versus Exmouth Town. That's a 2 p.m. kickoff. So yeah, seven brilliant. Well, hopefully seven brilliant uh, games for for people to get their uh, get their eyeballs on. Two right there, Tom. Seven brilliant games. And of course, as everybody will know, I do like to talk about the games that um, I'm able to catch. Um, uh, over the weekend and of course normally I'm talking about Devizes Town. This weekend's a tricky one for me because it's my wife's birthday. So um I've had to I've had to try and sell it to her. I said, you know, I can I can promise you a you know a nice three day little extravaganza around the west of England. We'll start off in Bristol, 
hoping in hoping to take in Lebec. Then we'll move down uh, on the Saturday. Uh, we'll kick off, st- staying just on the outskirts of Bristol. We'll then move into Wiltshire, of course, a beautiful county that we know very well, um, taking in the likes of Bradford on Avon, Devizes, a ground that I'm, of course, very familiar with, and then moving on to Warminster, where you're always guaranteed a warm welcome. And then moving down into um, into the beautiful um, into the beautiful county of Dorset, and finishing up in uh, in Somerset. I mean, what 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 could be better what could be better than that? That's the way I sold it, Tom. Do you know what she said? Go on. No. Oh. So I won't be watching any football this weekend. But anyway, I hope my wife has many happy returns. I shall be doing my best. But I'm, I'm, on a serious note, it's a fantastic uh, weekend. It's a great journey, of course. And uh, not just for the groundhoppers, I think, for the home fans as well. The opportunity for Western League fans to go and watch a game with, you know, a couple of hundred in attendance. I think it really it's a, it's a lift and it's a great way to sort of be initiated into the football that we all uh, that we all know and love. So the Ground Hop Weekend is something that we certainly thoroughly endorse and I look forward to reviewing those games and, of course, reflecting on what we hope are some pretty big paydays for those clubs and that have been involved in that um, as well next week. But before we leave you, we'll, uh, we won't go through the, the league tables. We did that last week. We'll have a little look at the, the hot shots, Tom. So, um, I mean, we've got... I mean, you wouldn't believe that we're still in September, would you? The, 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 you know, the rate that some of these players have been st- uh, scoring. That's unbelievable, isn't it, as you say. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at these numbers. Premier Division, uh, league goals. We've got Parkways, uh, Adam Carter. He's on 14 league goals already, which is, uh, yeah, quite an effort. Uh, Jack Taylor of Bridgewater. Uh, he's managed to, to find a bit of form recently. Uh, he's got nine league goals, uh, as has Lucas Fowles of Clevedon, who obviously ride in that five-game winning winning streak, so they're doing well. Uh, Jack Fillingham, I think he's also on nine. I need, uh, just need a, a, an update on the weekend. Uh, to double check that one, but Shepton Mallet's uh, Fillingham, obviously a great signing. He's also on nine league goals, so yeah, uh, goals flying in in the Premier Division. Uh, first Division league goals, uh, we've got James Rustle, uh, obviously his hat trick on the weekend. Uh, he's uh, he's reached double figures first. He's got ten. Uh, we've then got uh, Stuart Windsor of Calm, who we mentioned uh, during the, during the roundup. He's got nine league goals, uh, and then Harry Foster of uh, Wells. Uh, they had a big seven nil win on the weekend. And he, uh, I think he bagged a hat-trick in that one. So he's up to eight league goals. Uh, in all competitions, uh, it's none of those players leading the way, though. It's Jack Crago of uh, Tavistock. Obviously, they've played plenty of league games. Uh, sorry, cup games. And 14 of his 17 goals uh, have come in cup competitions so far this season. So he's he is our, our, our leading scorer overall. Uh, 17 goals for him. Uh, you've then got Brustel uh, and Carter on 14 apiece. Uh, Foster and Taylor on 12, uh, Fillingham on 11, and Windsor and Vowles on 10. So yeah, plenty of plenty of uh, players uh, finding the uh, the back of the net pretty frequently at the moment. I mean, reflecting on Craigo's um, tally of 17 goals, um, really we haven't we we have not left September yet. So what what that guy's got, what he, what he's going to get by the end of the season, God only knows. Any, mm. Anyway. Fantastic to keep up on that. Tom, thank you very much indeed. Of course, all the facts and all the figures, all the results, all the attendances, all the match reports that you've listened to on this episode of the podcast are all in your wonderful bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? That is on the uh, Toolstation Western League uh, website. Uh, and there's a tab along the top which takes you to the most recent uh, bulletin uh, where you can download it and uh, yeah, read to your, to your heart's content. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time. Pleasure. 
next week, of course, you and I will be looking back on another fantastic um, groundhop weekend here in the Tool Station Western League. But from Tom and myself, this has been the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>